I have one of those horns, you know those, I bought it online on eBay. And every time the Vikings score, I blow that sucker through the neighborhood. They have no idea what it's coming from or why, but it's, uh, it's one of the local traditions. Good evening, everyone. It's Mike Wabshaw, your host of Skull Stories, giving you an in-depth look at someone who's got a significant place with your favorite football team, the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, it's actor Josh Dumel. Yes, Josh Dumel. He is a super fan of your Minnesota Vikings. He's got a cool story, and we're going to get to it in a minute. But first, just want to remind you, the Vikings have a huge game coming up, and it's not on Sunday. The game is on Thursday. Yes, you get Vikings football with your turkey. Across the Vikings radio network, you can catch the Vikings and the Detroit Lions on Thursday. Make sure you do not miss that with Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber bringing you the call from the Motor City. For now, though, you're going to be entertained because Josh Dumel, who's a great actor, he's also a great Vikings fan, and I had the chance to talk with him earlier in the season about his fandom. Big-time Hollywood actor, but also big-time Vikings fan, spending the day here at Winter Park. You comfortable with that? I know you're comfortable with big-time Vikings fan, but you're a big-time actor, too. So oh, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. All right, let's go with this. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on my self-confidence, so I'll take that. This is, a, this is a fun treat for Vikings fans who get to watch all of your work. You know, I came to Winter Park last year for the first time ever, you know, having been a Vikings fan forever, mm-hmm. and it was pretty intimidating, man. Walking on this campus and, you know, seeing Bud Grant mm-hmm. in his office, going through boxes with all of his pheasants and deer and stuff all over. Yeah. And just, you know, meeting Coach Zimmer and everybody, you know, you know, for a guy, you know, on the outside coming into something like this is intimidating. But it was mm-hmm. it was one of the highlights of my year. Yeah. And, and then to see them go on and, did, and do what they did last year was I take a lot of credit for that. <laughs> Okay, take good. a lot of credit for that. I felt like I was the good luck charm. And I was sending a lot of good vibes from, from Southern California. Trust mm-hmm. me. I have one of those horns. You know those? I bought it online on eBay. Mm-hmm. Like those blow horns. Sort a of mini like gal a, like, horn. Like a miniature version of that. Mm-hmm. And every time the Vikings score, I blow that sucker through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have no idea what it's coming from or why, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's one of the little local traditions. Is it cool to rep the Vikings in Hollywood? Like, I, that's just not something you see a bunch. Like, you know, when you watch TMZ or go to your favorite sites, open up your favorite magazines, you don't see a lot of stars repping Vikings. The only other guy that I know that, that loves the Vikes is Swartzen. Nick Swartzen mm-hmm. is a huge Vikings fan. I mean, he, I, I just saw him recently and we were talking about it and he'll text me back and forth about how pumped he is. And after the, the Seahawks lost last year, the playoff game, that he was at Barney's Beanery and had to go outside, and he said, "I cried, I cried." <laughs> I believe I went him. outside, and people were asking me what was wrong, and and I couldn't, I couldn't speak. Yeah, <laughs> and and you, you obviously felt that you were in the building. I was there for the game. I was there, uh, and the shuffling of the snow boots walking out of that stadium was just—it yeah. was just like a silence. But all you could hear was the shuffling of those snow boots, and it was, it was, it was shocking. But at the same time, I think that there was also this feeling that. We're right there. Yeah. This team is right there. I mean, we, we won that game. We just didn't win. Uh, and so we, I, I really believe that this team, with this coaching staff and this group of guys, from what I hear, all high character, really get along. Yeah. It's, it's what it takes to win championships, and I think that they're right there. 
This is very therapeutic right now for us. It is why. Yeah. Well, because we're talking about, you know, what happened last year and. It doesn't feel like maybe Vikings of past where it was, it was, it, it didn't feel like a choke job to me. It just felt like, I mean, the, the conditions were, I mean, literally I had a beer in my, I had, I had like a giant parka with my snow cap and I had my, my Teddy Jersey pulled over the top of my parka. I looked like the incredible Hulk and in my pockets of my parka, I had my beers. Yeah. <laughs> With those, you know those little hand warmer things you put it, you yeah. put it, you can hold on to. You yep. stuff them in your boots or in your gloves, and they keep your hands warm. I had those stuffed in my pockets, and I had my beer stuff inside that, and I still couldn't keep my beer from freezing. We had some cold games, in, yeah. in twenty fifteen. It was fun though, man. I had. It's almost like a feather in your cap if you can you can say that you went to one of those games and you withstood that cold. Yeah. And you know it was it was another one of those moments that I won't forget. A lot of stories like that for Vikings fans, especially those um, from the early days of the franchise in the mm-hmm. 60s and 70s when they played at Met Stadium. You know, they have those stories, rugged, hardy mm-hmm. um, Midwesterners, Minnesotans right. who were Vikings fans and went to games like that. And Tough as nails, man. You are one of those Midwesterners because you're from Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, but I also moved to Southern California. So... But it's in your blood, man. It is it's in, in your blood. DNA. It is. My wife is very much a Southern California girl. Mm-hmm. It gets to be like 71 degrees and she's freezing. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, she's so lovely and we love her so yeah, much. Yeah, so do that I. We don't, we don't she is an absolute that. wussy when it comes to the cold weather. And so you didn't bring her to the Seattle game? Is that what you're telling me? No. Okay. No, she didn't come to that one. All of a sudden she'll be interested in coming now because we have brand new U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I will be taking her there, that's for sure. Okay, good. Now, growing up where you grew up. Tell us about that. When I was growing up, it was all about Vikings. It was it was Vikings, Vikings, everybody around, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, everybody in this whole region mm-hmm. loves the Vikes. And I don't know if it was because I was trying to be a contrarian or what. I always followed the Vikes, but it was like they always they always pissed me off. Yeah. So I was like, ugh. And for whatever reason, I, I also cheered for the Cowboys. But then it was there was a shift that happened when I moved to California. Mm-hmm half a lifetime ago now. I mean, I was 22, then I'm 43 now. And that's when I really became a hardcore Vikes fan because it was my almost my connection to home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed those games on Sunday afternoons that were on whether I wanted them to be on or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss it. And I had, I'd have to go searching for them. And over the years, I've just become uh, really the most important thing in my world. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the move. That's pathetic, actually. Wait, not not my whole world. Of course, I have a, a beautiful wife and a son that I love very right. much. But right after that, I think comes the Vikes. Before your move to sunny Southern California, mm-hmm. what what did you do? What were you into? What was your upbringing like? Where in North Dakota? Yeah. Oh man, I'm. I was. Oh, the my early years were. We lived out of town about ten miles, so I was kind of in the country. I was kind of like a Huck Finn growing up. I mean, my earliest memories are me and my buddy Corey Ellingson catching frogs and turtles and salamanders yeah. and fish, and we, it's all we did. Uh, we were out from morning until the sun went down, just out in the woods catching stuff and just yep. being, you know, little country boys. Being a young lad—that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Then it became more about sports. I played a lot of sports growing up. It was. It was baseball, it was football, it was basketball, it was track. And then, you know, ended up playing at Minot High and then going to Minot State University. I played football there for four years. And then uh, when I was 22, I moved to California. Yeah. You were a quarterback at Minot State. I was. 
I was. I have some video to prove it. I believe that. And then, like, you know, when I'll show you only the. There's a couple highlights that I have. Other than that, I won't show you anything. I think back in 2011, you were. I mean, you know, you were doing your thing in Hollywood as an actor, but there was almost a strike or a lockout that year. You could have been a replacement player. Oh God, huh? You could have been slinging the rock around the yard. I still don't think I would have made the practice squad. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I blame it on my coaching. <laughs> It wasn't me. It was the coaching. Yeah. No, actually. You know, the thing is, a lot of these guys, and this is why I love Carson Wentz so much, is this is a kid who uh, who came from, you know, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't just all about football growing up. He played everything. He was a yeah. baseball player and a basketball player and track and I think all that stuff. He was sort of the beneficiary of, of really good coaching coming, especially when he got to NDSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just has flourished, and I think he's going to go on to be really good. I don't know if we want to hear that as Vikings fans, but as a native North Dakotan, I like to see a kid out of North Dakota go, you know, second overall in the draft is unheard of. Nothing wrong with rooting for one of your own. That's right. That would have been cool, though, and maybe you're bitter about this, if the Rams would have taken him given all the time you spend around L.A. Well, I was going to, you know, I'm friends with Rich Eisen. Yeah. And I called him and I said, did you see this trade that just happened? He goes, oh, my God, it looks like your boy's going to to, uh, the Rams. So then when they didn't take him, I was like, screw the Rams. I'm not even going to get season tickets anymore. <laughs> I'm like anti-Rams now. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. That was dramatic, though. There was big, some big-time trades at the top of the draft. Do you get into the draft? Do you love it? I do. Yeah. I'm a, just a football junkie, man. I just yeah. love the NFL. My man, Marty Fish. You know Marty? I know Marty. I know him. I know him a little bit. He's a big Vikings fan. Oh, yeah. He's okay. a huge fan, especially around draft time and on game days. I mean, I'm hearing from Marty Fish. like, mm-hmm. Like, he thinks... I've got, you know, Zimmer on speed dial, and I can tell him, you know, what he thinks. Like, <laughs> tell him to go for it on fourth. Yeah, like that's, you know, that's like, what yeah, I'm Yeah, okay, I'll Marty. just run down there and tell him. So I love that. And I remember in 2011, the Vikings opened the season at San Diego, and it was a Percy Harvin kickoff return for touchdown that mm-hmm. opened the game. So first play of the season is a Percy Harvin kickoff oh, return. Oh, I remember touchdown. that. PA is in the booth calling the play, and you can hear someone in the back just hooting and hollering and clap. It's Marty. And it was Marty? It's Marty Fish. (laughs) (laughs) That's him. That's great. All right, much more to come with our guy and Vikings superfan Josh Dumel, but we've got to go to break. Before we do that, though, a programming note, join host Mike Musman along with Charles Johnson at the Sunshine Factory in Plymouth on Friday at 5.30 p.m. for a live broadcast of Vikings Country. You could win some great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. And for the rest of our conversation with Josh Dumel, don't leave. Hey everyone, you're listening to Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw. Thanks for coming back. Before we get to more with Josh Dumel, a couple things to tell you about. Get your 2016 exclusive inaugural season gear at the Vikings Locker Room Store. Open at U.S. Bank Stadium for novelty items and apparel. Visit the official Vikings Locker Room Store at Mall of America, U.S. Bank Stadium, and online at vikingslockerroom.com. Also, join KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings at Mills Fleet Farm in Lakeville as we broadcast live all day December 6th, collecting Toys for Tots presented by CenturyLink. Details at KFAN.com, keyword toys. Let's get back to our conversation with Josh Dumel. Here it is. Do you ever find yourself like 
when you tell people where you're from, they're like, ooh, cold up there. And I'm just like, it's not always that cold. Like, are you defending are you defending North Dakota like a lot of people have to defend Minnesota in that way? Yeah. I mean, North Dakota you have to defend a little bit more than Minnesota because people just don't know much about North Dakota. They're like, is that in the U.S.? That's yeah. Canada, right? <laughs> it's still a state. But what I yeah. always get, and this drives me crazy, is that I'll tell somebody where I'm from, and they'll say five minutes later, so what's it like in North Carolina? I said, no, no, no North, North Dakota. Dakota right. and they'll be like, oh, yeah, right, 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 South Dakota. I was like, no, North Dakota, North right. Dakota. It's like it's, it's just a, it's a yeah. it doesn't even register a lot of the time. Like so, literally flyover country yeah, in people's and minds. So, yeah. and, and it, part of me likes that because I like the fact that nobody knows about us and we're sort of, we're up there, you know, as an enigma almost mm-hmm. and, and people don't know much about it. There's a curiosity. There's a more and more of a curiosity as things have happened over the years, whether it's oil or, you know, the NDSU football team mm-hmm. or. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool things, but the state itself is beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing state. Yeah. Life as a Hollywood actor for you, what, what is it? Is it always busy, always running around? Do you have lots of downtime and chill time where you can enjoy the fruits of your labor? I know you've got a young one running around as well. What, what's life like for you every day? Well, uh, let's see. I am very busy raising a two and a half year old. This, the second half of the year is going to be really busy on Transformers and a couple other things. But this first half of the year was pretty chill. I'm developing some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that's kind of, kind of it. But, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I just live a regular existence out there. Yeah. It's not like this. I wish I could tell you that it was more glamorous than it is. But uh, I'm hustling, really. Yeah. I'm hustling like I had to hustle when I first started in the business. You're always kind of looking for the next job and making sure that you're at this point, I'm really trying to make smart decisions about what I do and does it have something to say? Is it, is it provocative or controversial in some way? Is it, is it, you know, is it meaningful? I just don't want to do things just because it's work. I want to do it because I want to be really inspired by it really. Yeah. Did you ever question yourself when you decided to really pursue this, this career, this acting career? Um, did you question it? Did you get down on yourself ever? Did you almost quit? Well, when I decided to go for it, when I first moved to, from North Dakota, I was I moved I moved to Northern Cali first. I was up in a little town called Ronert Park, and then I moved to Sacramento, and then I was in San Francisco for a little bit, and then I moved to L.A. about four years later. And I hadn't really started. I'd, I think I, when I moved from North Dakota, I had an idea that I wanted to pursue it, that I wanted to. I was curious about it. But I was going to I was going to go to dental school. I got my degree at Minot State really? to, Biology to go to dental school, and that was what I told my mom. I'm going up there. I'm going to try to get in at USC or UCSF or wow. UOP, one of these schools that have good dental programs. But I think secretly I was like, I just want to see, you know, it's sort of sort of like I just was sticking my toes in the water to see what what it was like because it's a scary thing coming from North Dakota to do that. And now, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it, it, well, I forgot what the question was. So we're so familiar with athletes experiencing adversity and mm-hmm. self-doubt and yeah. almost quitting, but then they didn't, and they, then they, yeah. they had success. Mm-hmm. And I think you've had a successful, fruitful, productive career. You yeah. still are in it. So I, I was just wondering if you ever, if any of those moments have kind of spurred you on to where you are now. Well, I think that I really felt like when I decided not to go to dental school and pursue this, and I think you kind of have to have this mentality, especially in this business, is there's no, the, uh, failing is not an option. Yeah. I'm going to make it work no matter what. 
I'm going to beat the streets until I get it. So I started taking classes and I started like really studying it. Like I would study for any, anything. And, and I worked at it like I did working, training for sports my whole life. It was like really, and I still do, I still take class and I still do these workshops and I have to, it's the only way to sustain in this business. I mean, it's easy to get, it's actually not easy to get work, but if it, 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 it a big trap and I see it happen a lot is these young guys come up and they have stardom super fast and they just skyrocket. But if you don't have that foundation underneath you and the understanding of the amount of work that it takes to get there and the appreciation for it. And I worked a lot of crappy jobs my whole life up until that point. I didn't start till I was like 26. So I still kind of have that blue collar mentality when it comes to acting and an appreciation for it. And I feel very blessed and, and, and very grateful for where I'm at. Although I feel like I have a long way to go. Yeah. You know, um, for football coaching staffs, um, like when, it, when a coach moves on from one team to the, to the next team and I'll use Brad Childress as an example, when he, he came from the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. where he was the Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, yep. comes to the Vikings as a head coach. And you know, you want not only as a head coach, not only the best at what people do around you, but you want to feel comfortable with those around you. Like you're confident in those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you bring a lot of people from the Eagles coaching staff with you. You mm-hmm. might even sign two or three ex Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. to your team. Does that happen in the film industry when you're working with uh, directors and producers and fellow actors where the synergy is as important as the ability? Oh my gosh, absolutely. A uh, great example is Michael Bay is very loyal to his guys. Michael gets a, a bad rap a lot of the time for being a hard ass and oh, yeah. being a tyrant on the set and just screaming and yelling all the time. And there is some of that, but a little bit of it is tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. And he sort of knows what his reputation is and plays into it a little bit and has fun with people and likes to, you know, it's like, but those guys who can take it and have fun and it's almost like a locker room. You got to have a thick skin. And you got to know that the guy really loves you. He's just, you know, none yeah. of it's ever personal. He's just there to work. And he is talk talk about a general on the on the set. Yeah. He is an absolute control. Yeah. And to go back to my point, Zimmer, I think, is a great example of a guy who has come up slowly. It's been a slow burn to getting to where he is, and I think mm-hmm. he really appreciates it. The players respect him because they know that he he knows what he's talking about, and he appreciates this moment. And I think that he really appreciates this team. And I think that this is the team that took a shot at, for, on him finally. And and it's the kind of guy that I think that we need in this, this, this organization to really sustain. He feels like a Belichick to me. He feels like a yeah. Bud Grant in a way to me, like a guy who the players love to play for. Yeah. And he's earned that because of the time spent preparing for this moment. Yeah. It didn't just happen quickly. A lot of these coaches come up so quickly that they don't know what the hell they're doing when they get there. That's a lot of responsibility to, to head coach a football team. Yeah. That's why I love this. I love him as a head coach. You know, and we were talking earlier, um, you loving the Vikings the way you do. Do you identify yourself as a, a fan of the new school of the 1998 Vikings, um, scoring a ton of points a game, throwing the ball deep down the field, or are you a defensive-minded Bud Grant, you know, purple people eaters type of fan? I'm definitely of the mindset that we are building this team the right way, or he's building. I'm not. <laughs> I say we as if I have anything to do with it. But uh, we do. You, we you do. Hey, you know credit what? For I, the last season's yeah, run. You, you know? know what? I'll take it. Uh, part of but 
I do. I like the old school approach. I think these defenses win these. They they win, especially they win late in the season. It's something yeah. that you can just fall back on. That's why this. De- I feel like they've built this defense up that's going to be stout and it's yeah. going to be tough to score on. Yeah, and that's how you win. It's consistently. Won't, won't it be fun to just be celebrating big victories late in the season? You're coming to US Bank Stadium and the fans are loving it. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to the it's playoffs. When you're not at a game, like sometimes you'll meet us up on the road and watch a road game. You were in Denver last year. Yeah. Or, when you can't do that though, and you gotta, you have to be on set or you're traveling or whatever. How do you? How do you take in a game? Are you listening to PA? Are you watching the TV? What do you like to do? Well, it depends on where I'm at. This year is going to be tough at the beginning because I'm going to be in the UK. Yeah. And so I think somewhere out in the countryside of England. I don't even know where we're going to be yet. Okay. If we're in London, well, it, it's, it's not that hard to find games. It's not like here where you can go to any bar and the games are on. It's just not as easy to find. Yeah. So I'm going to be checking into your app a okay. lot. Good. All right. Love I'm it. probably going to be calling in or listening to PA on some device so i'll figure it out and maybe maybe that. i'll maybe i'll turn to you guys you guys can help me figure out how to get tuned into it if we can assist you in finding a way to slide into pa's dms or text messages to fluster him to egg him on to create anxiety you we, mean in, we the will middle, help you. in the middle of the broadcast whenever we will help you with that I don't know. He's pretty. He's pretty laser focused in the middle of those games. He, you can't rattle him. He no, you cannot. But he's at his best when you're trying to. Okay. okay. So we'll, okay, we'll good. That's good to that. know. But the Vikings <laughs> app is a great way to start. That's right. So we appreciate you. Um, you checking that. out. And if out. you guys haven't, anybody listening or watching right now, if you haven't seen their app, it is insane. It's the best in the league. What better endorsement it's true. do we have? It's true. It's Josh it's the best. Dumel if you were gonna, our app. If you were going to rank, you know, which team is on the forefront? Keep going. If you're going to rank which team is on the forefront, which team is most state-of-the-art in yes, modern accessibility We're listening. to a team, yes. to feel like you're inside the organization and what's actually happening moment to moment, it's the Minnesota Vikings app. Our work here is done, everyone. We just did it. We just did it all. It's true. We got the job I'm speaking done. the truth. All right, man. You're a lot of fun to have around. Thanks for being a fan, and thanks for uh, taking some time spending it with us. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, my pleasure. School Vikes. Okay, that's all the time we have tonight for Skull Stories. Our thanks to Josh Dumel. One last reminder, the Vikings play on Thanksgiving Day this week. You can catch the game all across the Vikings radio network. 11.30 a.m. Central Time is the kick, but tune in earlier than that because the Vikings radio network pregame show will preview the game for you. On behalf of Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn and everyone at the Vikings Entertainment Network and at the Vikings Radio Network, I'm your host Mike Wabshaw, wishing you a good evening and an early happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>